0: Welcome into the Garage Talk Podcast. It is episode 11. Pops is in the garage on what may end up being a little bit of wild and crazy night. We haven't really seen a whole lot of the crazy weather here in South Grants Pass, but people all over Southern Oregon Northern California are seeing snow, wind, rain over in Crescent City. They were experiencing 100 mile an hour winds, or at least up the coast a little ways they were, in. And so we'll see what we get tonight. It's pretty comfortable out here, really, for the most part. It's not a lot of wind. Uh, you think, Pops? Not a whole yeah. lot of not a whole lot of wind out there going on for There's us so of, far.
1: A lot of hot air in here.
0: Yeah. Well, I do have the heater going. Are you referring <laughs> to the heater's hot air or my hot air? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. All right. Well, Pops is my father-in-law. And hold on. I know you're still full from dinner, but you know what? I'm going to get a cold refreshment if you don't mind.
1: No, not at all.
0: And if at any point you decide you want a cold refreshment, just let me know, and there's a fridge right behind me, and I will jump up and grab one. Sounds good. All right, so you guys are in town for Thanksgiving. Yep. And uh, it's nice you guys get to make it up here for the holidays, and you and I were actually going to try and get out here about, what, a month ago? Maybe yes. three weeks ago, and and chat about a few things, but unfortunately my computer locked up and... Well, thanks to a coworker, it's repaired and ready to go. So, figure why not jump out here for a few minutes and chat about a couple of things. And you've had some interesting life experiences. And growing up in Northern California, I think one of those interesting experiences, uh, since I just cracked open a cold one, is uh, what was it? High school? You went to high school with the guys that created a beverage that ended up being pretty popular.
1: Yes, they created. Uh I can't think of the name of it now. But uh, a guy that was in my class, Mike Crete, and another student a year younger, his last name was Bewley, they created California Coolers. Oh, yeah. Wine coolers. Wine coolers. And they borrowed, from what I understand, $10,000 from their parents to start the company and sold it to one of the big uh, distilling companies for about $120 million 10 years later.
0: So, do you have any idea what they did after they sold off the company? Did you ever hear what they did? Uh,
1: Mike Crete, the one that I went to school with, he. Purchased part of the Silverthorne resort oh, really, and some others and on part of those um Silverthorne and the sugarloaf
0: oh the houseboat company the houseboat company on Shasta where we yeah. spent some quality time on Shasta,
1: yeah, a lot of quality time on Shasta
0: yeah, for those of you who don't know that's where I met Pops actually was at Shasta, yeah, and uh my wife who is uh his daughter, so pops my father in law and um yeah we we spent some well you spent a lot of quality time there before i did but that's where i ultimately ended up meeting you guys yeah. at a kind of a what would you call that like distant relatives friends of relatives yeah, or friends something? of friends
1: of relatives or we all call them aunts and uncles and just the whole gang got together
0: and that's where i ended up meeting my wife kimberly and, and you go back years at shasta to the days where probably not as many people were out there on the lake huh
1: Yeah, back, I've been on Shasta since early 70s. So what was it
0: like being on Shasta in the early 70s? Because later on, people really got into the houseboat scene. The colleges really got involved. I'm not really sure when that took off, but what was it like in the 70s?
1: College took off in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s. Houseboating got real popular. Early in the early 70s, there's much fewer boats. Lake was the same. It hasn't changed much in the last 40 years. As far as you see the shoreline when it's full and you see the brown stripe when it's not.
0: That's right. You have that warm water in the summertime and minimal clothing.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I'm sure was probably the same uh, setup in the 70s, huh?
1: Yeah, just not quite as much skin shown in the 70s.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure outfits were a little bit different back yeah. then. Although, I will say that some of the shorts from the 70s were maybe smaller than some of the ladies wear. And now it seems to be the other way around.
1: Yeah, matter of fact, we were talking the night watching a program where... The gal was sporting the Daisy Dukes, and I told my wife, I said, you don't see the Daisy Dukes anymore. That's the thing of the past, almost.
0: Well, if you go to a country music festival, you'll see plenty of them. (laughs) But uh, other than that, yeah, you don't really see them a whole lot. But uh, definitely some fun times at Shasta and a lot of changes over the years. I mean, what kind of stuff do you remember hanging out there in the 70s?
1: Oh, just uh, the 70s were a little milder for me. Things didn't start hopping until the 80s and 90s.
0: Okay, so what was it like <laughs> in the 80s and 90s when it was hopping?
1: It was pretty good. Yeah? It uh, had a lot of good times out there, on, mainly on houseboats, but some really good times camping too.
0: Yeah. Well, because a lot of people used to water ski me back before the wakeboards were big and all these other yeah. new fancy it, things they it, have now.
1: It was pretty much all water skiing back then. Yeah. There, there were some trick skis that were coming out. I actually had a pair, and they learned to do a few tricks, but nothing too crazy
0: so how old were you when you got into water sports
1: i was in high school when we started water skiing actually i was eight years old when we started water skiing yeah on the delta my dad had a, this is a boat made by sea or sea king which was a moment ago wards at the time montgomery wards and i remember it had a 75 horse motor on it and we skied behind that for four or five years and then right out of high school i bought a little ski boat my buddies and i perfected our skills out there and uh Lake Hogan at the time was called, I think it's, I uh, can't think of the name they put they made it now, but it was Lake Hogan at the time, mm-hmm. about a half hour out of Lodi where I lived, and everybody's well, on the weekends, and the girlfriends would get in the cars and head up there and spend the day or two days out on the lake.
0: Yeah, at that point, probably a lot different for people, obviously now, people don't get outside as much, it seems like, with technology, and I don't know how many people participate in water sports these days, because I haven't in a while, we haven't been to the lake in a few mm-hmm. years, and... I guess with the kids and everything else, we just haven't had a chance to get out there as much. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the popularity of water sports is. Obviously, people like to wakeboard. You have these big, fancy wakeboard boats now. But as far as skiing, it just seems like you don't see as many people water skiing anymore.
1: It's rare to see a skier out there. You'll, you see when you go, oh, there's somebody skiing. And they just don't do as. It's all, like you say, the wakeboards.
0: Yeah. I know. I have a water ski right behind us in this little storage area. But I'm pretty sure it has an inch of dust on it right now. <laughs>
1: I got some in the garage that got more than injured on there.
0: I'm sure they do. I can't even remember the last time I tried to get up on my water ski. It's been that many years ago.
1: Six, seven years ago.
0: Uh, yeah, probably yeah. somewhere in there. Maybe five. But, yeah, probably. I got to get a quick drink here and wet my whistle. So, anyway, you went to Lodi High School, right? Yeah, is, is that right? Did you spend... Your entire high school career there. Yes. And in high school, you wrestled some, and
1: yeah, we were the first team in school history to be to win the wrestling tournament.
0: Oh, uh, for the state.
1: For the well, for the, the the league. Oh, okay. First time we we made it to the subsections, and then we would, didn't go on any further from there. But we had the first two years of wrestling. We didn't have a good coach. The last two years, we had a national champion. Oh, wow. They called a collegiate national champion as our coach. And in two years, we went from no winning no matches to being almost undefeated.
0: Isn't that something that a coach can make all the difference in the world?
1: Yeah. It, it was amazing, the, the total turnaround. Yeah. And I went from being winning five matches my junior year to winning 31 matches my senior year.
0: How many did you lose your senior year? Three. That's pretty good. Yeah, I wasn't a wrestler myself. Not good at it. I I tried it one time in PE. Well, actually, I did it when I was in kindergarten. First grade, really young, you know, when they try and get you started. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't for me. Definitely wasn't my thing. Tough sport. Yeah, which is why it wasn't my thing because you got to be tough, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Okay, so let's see. Didn't you end up going to – and you got to refresh my memory on some of the stuff because some of it I've just heard in passing and other stuff we've talked about before, but – Didn't you end up going to Chico State? Yes. And when were you at Chico State?
1: From 70 to 74.
0: Okay. So at that time, back in the early 70s, what was Chico State like?
1: It was fun.
0: Well, I'm sure it was. (laughs) Because I know that at one point Playboy Magazine, I believe it was Playboy, rated Chico State as the number one party school in America. Yeah, I
1: was there. Well,
0: there you go. (laughs) And I know that I think it was somewhere in the 80s. Or '90s when they actually got voted that, but you're telling me that in the early '70s it was we were we were rated by Playboy. You were well on your way there. Huh? Yeah. So what was the scene like there? I mean, for people who have never seen anything like that, what what was that like?
1: On the weekends, it'd be crazy, especially when it was good weather. You know, this is late spring or spring and late summer and stuff, you'd have a frat party, and there'd be literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people around the streets. Everybody got along pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Not the problems you see now where gunshots are going off or people getting in fights and everybody got along pretty good. And it was just one big drunken party every weekend.
0: That <laughs> sounds terrible. I was just talking to a guy the other day. He went to Oregon state and he was talking about going up to his fraternity and they're doing a big fundraising campaign right now to raise money because they're. Uh, fraternity hasn't been remodeled in years, and it's over 100 years old. It was one of the first ones west of the Mississippi, and we were just talking about how so many of those things have gone by the wayside over the years. A lot of fraternities and sororities at universities have been shut down due to some of the wild activity. We're just not taking care of it.
1: Yeah, back in the 70s, we had Pioneer Week every spring, and the school basically shut down for a week. You're still supposed to go to classes. Some people showed up a few, but Classrooms were like uh, half empty. And they had built a quad down the, uh, the, the school there. And they'd have their fraternities and sororities would be involved. You'd build the, the theme buildings, like usually Western. And each frat would build a building and have a, some kind of booth to sell stuff. And it was a week long party. Everybody just had a great time. Well, one year there was a gal that got murdered and raped out in the vineyard. And they started blaming it on the school, but as it turned out, they were from out of town. It had nothing to do with the school. So now they went from having a week-long festival, which was enjoyed by all, to not having it at all. matter of fact, I understand that one of the past presidents copyrighted the name Pioneer Week. So the school couldn't use it anymore.
0: So do you think they just used that murder as a reason to shut it down?
1: Partly. uh, I mean, it came out that they weren't involved with the school but uh because it was during pioneer week the inflection was there yeah so that's that's gone by the wayside you don't see that kind of thing anymore maybe you on other campuses but not not locally
0: yeah i'm sure it's good that they've ratcheted down on some of the stuff but at the same time there's a lot of fun times that were had that oh yeah and there's other ways to have fun but that you just can't go back and recreate some of that stuff and Maybe it's good that my kids will never experience some of that <laughs> stuff when they're old enough. But then again, some of that stuff is almost like a rite of passage. And I know yeah. that the fraternities and some of the hazing, that's bad for sure. Uh, but some of it, you create lifelong friendships with people that you're friends with for years and years and years.
1: Yeah, matter of fact, I've met people that went to school the same time I did and never knew, never knew them until in business life.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and because in business life, after you went to Chico State, you got in business, and you ended up. Who did you go to work for right away?
1: I worked for my father for a couple of years. Okay, and then I went to work uh, for Sears in in Reading. And Which,
0: back in those days, uh, we're talking what late seventies, mid seventies, seventy eight. So seventy oh, six. Excuse me. Okay, 76. so nineteen seventy six. You go to work for Sears, and I'd imagine that at that point, Sears is probably
1: number one retailer. Isn't that
0: something to think about?
1: Yeah. Now they're almost gone. So, what
0: was it like working for Sears in those days? What was it? Do they have all the departments like they did, like say, I mean, I'm thinking of Sears for me, mid, late 90s, even into the early 2000s before the downturn for Sears. I mean, they had the tools, they had the washers and dryers. They have all those things and, excuse me, maybe even more.
1: Yeah, they had uh, tons. Of, we had probably 12 or 15 department managers in each store. Plus you had four top uh, managers, store manager, assistant manager, two merchandise managers. Each store had its own personnel person. So, I mean, it was it was big time. And at that time, you actually were proud to work there because they were so well-known number one. Yeah. And over time, it's gradually gone downhill. That didn't keep up with the times.
0: And it wasn't like they were a low-end retailer like some of these big oh, box no. stores. They were selling some of the best products out there. Yeah. Craftsman, one of them, right, with the tools. Yeah, that was the most,
1: most well-known.
0: And then <clears throat> washers and dryers and all kinds of didn't even say they did flooring at one point is that right
1: what's that did they do flooring at one point
0: i was trying to remember if they did carpet do they do oh yes
1: that's where i started when i went to work for them oh okay no experience and i walked in and walked out that day with a job in the carpeting department
0: so when you went to work for sears what was the first location you worked at reading and then was it after that that you went to eureka and what was it like living in eureka in what the late 70s
1: Late 70s, early 80s.
0: Because many know about Eureka being right smack dab in the middle of the Emerald Triangle. <laughs> and there's a lot of... Um, <clears throat> well, at that time, it was kind of the hippie movement, right?
1: Yeah, that Towards was... Towards the long, tail end of it? Yeah, that so, was still involved. That came out of the 60s and 70s and uh, some into the 80s. You'd still see some of them around. but The uh, number one cash crop at the time in the Humboldt area was uh, marijuana.
0: Well, and it still may be. I know that legalization has hurt it to a certain extent, yeah. but for years and years and years, I mean, there's this huge wave, and everyone knew that that's where a good majority of it was coming from marijuana, that is. Uh, in those days, obviously, highly illegal, but it's kind of like the wild, wild west over there.
1: Yeah, it well, was. People come in, the, Eureka's cold climate or cool climate. They were the number one store in swimming pool sales in California. At Sears. At Sears in Eureka. Now you're talking all the hot climates in the valley and where the little Eureka store was number one in swimming pool sales. Not pumps or any of the accessories, but just the pools because they use them for irrigation. Ah. They collect the rainwater, then they have a spigot coming off the, the pool and you're for their irrigation purposes.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to look into some of the stuff they were doing out there. I know there's a documentary on Netflix that I watched about the Emerald Triangle and just what it was and how it started as these you know, kind of hippies, you know. And they went out there and, and got the whole ball rolling and now it's turned into everyone you can imagine from people from foreign countries up there in the mountains growing to, you know, the, the cartel. And it's still locals, definitely, but it's a whole different world out there now.
1: Yeah. Used to be when they come in, it was harvest time. You'd have the people coming in, Buying their appliances, their TVs, their stereos. And I've literally seen wads of $100 bills, four inches thick. Yeah. And you ask their name for their warranty purposes, and it'd be Johnny Cash. Oh, really? Which <laughs> your address? Any place. Yeah. And, and they'd pay with a strip of $100 bills just like it was nothing.
0: So how long did you work in the store over there?
1: I worked there until 84. About five years. Yeah. Spent nine years with Sears altogether.
0: Then from there, you go what, back over the. Back I went over to work for a company
1: called uh, Ardan's. Mm-hmm. They're no longer in business now, but they were a catalog showroom place where their main multi- advertising was it was the catalog, but you had all the merchandise in the store. Okay. So I worked for them for about three years before they went out of business. Started in uh, the Reading store, trained there, then I went and took over the Fresno store. I was in Fresno for about seven, eight years.
0: What was it like living in Fresno? It
1: was fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. A lot of a lot of good friends I made down there. Yeah, a lot of people, lifelong friends, and uh, love love the climate. It's just a good place to be.
0: So, from Fresno, where did you end up after that?
1: Fresno went to work for a company called uh, McCrory's, New JJ Newberry's Five and Dime Store. Uh, started out in Merced training, then went to Sacramento, South Sacramento, which was a lot of fun. And uh, then from there, I left the, I left the company out of there, out of Sacramento. I went to work for a company called Handy Andy and Chico. Okay, they sold appliances, TVs, stereos. Worked for them for a couple of years in Chico. It was good being back in Chico. I knew still a lot of people there and met a lot of new people and had a lot of fun
0: probably at that point you weren't necessarily partying at the college anymore though right no i
1: was <laughs> partying home when my wife would let me <laughs> right
0: <laughs> oh okay so uh then you go from chico and then uh where do you go after that
1: So chico so we moved to corning gotcha And we've been there for 26 years
0: so there was a stop at petco along the way yeah. you were a manager up the ranks in petco and got to travel around and do some Interesting stuff with them.
1: Yeah, a lot of traveling. I was, I'd be set on special projects, remodeling stores, helping with remodeling, uh, opening up new stores. And uh, matter of fact, one of them was and Eureka opening up the new store. Petco store was putting a store in there, and I was actually in charge of the installation.
0: So you ended up going back to Eureka after being over there for Sears. Yeah,
1: for it, about six weeks.
0: So not a, not a long time then. No just long enough to get in get it situated then yeah get the heck out of there yeah get back over this way
1: I like to say i visited eureka for those seven years that i was over there <laughs> good place to be from <laughs> yeah
0: you know some people love it there we have some radio stations over there and we have people that have been there for a long time oh
1: yeah uh, there's a lot a lot of locals like it because they're not used to anything but i like the warm climate But yeah. there's no place to go water skiing in eureka
0: yeah and definitely not as warm yeah Even if you did have a place to go water skiing, it's definitely not going to be as warm as going to Shasta. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: So let's talk about a few other things here. Um, So I'm trying to think back. How long has it been since you had your heart attack?
1: I had February 14.
0: Of 2014? Yeah. Man, has it been that long already?
1: Five and a half years.
0: Five and a half years ago. And so you... Uh, had a heart attack and then followed it up with another one, right? Not too long after. Well, that, actually, or what was that?
1: the whole story is: the heart attack started about two weeks before. Mm-hmm. I had pain in my chest, but it was just like all uh, indigestion, and would come and go. So I wasn't worried. I was exercising an hour a day, riding an exercise bike, treadmill, weights, and it would just come and go, come and go. And finally, one day it came and it came up pretty hard. I went to the hospital the next morning, and they couldn't figure it out for about four days. And I was in the hospital running every test under the sun, every 13 or 14 EKGs, uh, everything, everything they could think of to test me, and nothing was coming on. And the hospital doctor came in about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I think it was a Friday, if I'm not mistaken, and said, well, it looks like we're going to send you home with a handful of pills. Well, it just so happened that uh, the cardiologist, Dr. Moffat, who became my cardiologist, was on duty that day, and the nurse said, would you check this guy in 208? He came in. He said, "Looked at it. read a couple of charts." He says, "You're not going anywhere but the cath room right now." He says, "You're still having your event as we're talking."
0: No kidding.
1: So I, I laid in the hospital for four days having a heart attack. Wow. Undiagnosed. So Dr. Moffat saved my life literally.
0: So how long were you in the hospital after that? After he figured out what it was, how many more days did you I went stay? Went home
1: there? two more days. Two days. I think it was. We had the cath put the stent put in on that same night. I was held one more, uh, two more nights.
0: And so what do they tell you when you go home after having that heart attack?
1: Well, just do whatever you want to do. Do, 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 Live your normal life. My eating changed Mm -hmm. because a lot of what I had was built up from cholesterol. And my eating habits weren't the greatest in the world. So drastic changes in my eating habits and uh, exercise more regularly. Went through rehab, and 11 uh, going today.
0: But you were uh, you were doing a lot of activity still. Yeah, I mean you were at that point. Um, how old are you now? Sixty-seven. So at that point you're what 60- 62. sixty-two years old, and I remember. I mean, I'm trying to think the last time I saw you water ski, but you were water skiing. I mean, when I met you, you were doing. You, were, you even tried out the trick skis at one point. Yeah. And that was years after I met you. So it's not like you were just sitting around not doing anything. You were active. I mean, we worked on all kinds of projects. Yeah. We painted houses. We did fences. We put pavers in at my old house. I mean, we, we did a ton of different projects after we got married. Yeah,
1: the, the heart attack didn't slow me down at all. Mm-mm. There were no restrictions on what I could do. I didn't, I only had to take a few days off from work when I was over with so I was very lucky
0: So then you start exercising more you start eating better and then didn't you end up having another one?
1: Well two weeks later after the initial one there was one artery one vein that he couldn't get to and he thought it was going to be okay because he put a stent in and there was an artery coming off that main vein and uh, they had to go do an angioplasty they couldn't get a stent in there so, they did an angioplasty, and we were about that far being a centimeter or a millimeter away from going to the table and being cracked open.
0: But luckily, that didn't happen.
1: He said, No, we're going to fix it the right way, and you'll be fine.
0: So, how are you feeling after that? Feeling great. And so that happens, and you continue exercising, continue eating better. How long was it before you realized you had something else going on?
1: Uh, it was about, well, I had the arthritis all along. That was gradually getting worse and worse. So in 2017, I had an artificial hip put in. But before that, or around that same time, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's.
0: So was that something that they diagnosed you with that they noticed? Or did you realize something was going on before that, brought it up to them, and then they diagnosed what it was?
1: Well, I realized there was something going on. Every once in a while, my right hand would start to tremor and shake. And I talked to a couple of doctors about it, and one doctor said, oh, it's probably nothing, just have a, have a drink of booze each night. And I said, okay, and that didn't work. And so another one said, well, it could be this, this, or this, and looked into it. And finally, I went to one doctor, and I said, we need to test you for Parkinson's, which is a misnomer, because there's no test for Parkinson's. The way it's diagnosed is they alleviate all the other things that it could be. And when you eliminate those, then you have the diagnosis of Parkinson's. So I went through, I had a brain scan, went through all of these other things. Nope, nope, nope. You don't have this. You don't have this. You've got Parkinson's.
0: What's that like when you find that out?
1: It didn't really hit me very hard because I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel uh, there's no pain with Parkinson's at least not yet, other than some stiff joints. Um, so a lot of it's painless. It's not a lethal disease, As my doctor says. You, you don't die. You die You won't die from it you'll die with it Mm. and I've read that in numerous articles and stuff and uh, my symptoms aren't real exposed I don't tremor a lot my stance is a little worse now I'm a little uh, hunched over some people notice that but uh, for the most part it's I, I don't even notice that I've got it unless my hand starts shaking yeah and then I can just make a slight movement and it stops so I've been lucky in that respect. A lot of people that do have it have really bad tremors. And so far, so good for me. I don't have them very bad.
0: So what do they tell you? Is it something that just progresses over time? Or
1: yeah, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. They don't know how why somebody gets it. They don't, it's not hereditary as far as they know. It's not related to eating habits or exercise habits. They don't know why it does it, but it's just, just there. And what it basically is is a... Doesn't produce enough dopamine, which is a enzyme in your brain that tells the, basically transmits the information from what the brain's telling the muscles to do. And so I can sit there sometimes and be trying to put in a screw, my hand's sitting there holding the screw, and I'm telling, turn, turn. And finally it'll turn. But it's not like muscle memory where you just do one thing right after the other.
0: And it probably comes and goes too, I'm yeah. assuming, because. There's probably times where you do something and it's not even an issue where it does it, and then other times, or is it is it yeah, all the time, for, or how does that work?
1: Well, I've lost a lot of dexterity in my hands. Like it's hard to tie fishing knots now. We're gonna go tie the line, the hook on the line. Very difficult, difficult time with that. Some of the the intricate things like that are a little more difficult to do. Uh, like swinging a hammer, no problem. Putting in a screw, sometimes it is a problem because my hand doesn't work back and forth like it used to. The mm-hmm. turning motion, so I only go maybe a quarter of the way that I used to go. So there's there's some of that, that the dexterity is the thing that bothers me the most.
0: Yeah. Well, and hopefully that, because like you said, you're 67, so you're, I mean, you could live for who knows how many more years, a lot, hopefully. Hopefully. But they're coming up with things, it seems like all the time uh, with Parkinson's. Yeah. And some of it's very expensive. But hopefully over time, as fast as technology is advancing, that maybe they'll come up with something because they're experimenting with a lot of these different brain sensors and things to, you know, electrodes to try and reverse some of the symptoms. So, I mean, we could see it happening sooner than later.
1: It could happen any time. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of studies going on, different 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 things. And uh, I read up on, try to keep up on a lot of the different ones. Some of them are pretty hokey pokey and, Some of them are pretty intense, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what the CBD community has been able to discover because I know that a lot of people swear by using that for a lot of different things, and I know that I've seen some videos posted on the Internet out there where uh, people say it works for them.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I never partook of the drug, so I'm kind of on the fence about that one. I haven't gotten to the point where I felt like I need to try it. Yeah. There's some people that swear by it, Other people say it's just masking a problem. It's not how, you know, how it helps the pain, I guess, for those who suffer from pain. As far as the stiffness of joints, I don't know if it helps there or not. Yeah, I don't know. I
0: know that I was talking to someone the other day who's eh, fairly close to me. I won't say who it is just in case they don't want me to say who it is, but uh, it is a male. And he was telling me that uh, he had an issue with the shoulder and used some type of cream, and it was like, you know, it took the pain away. And he doesn't care if it's masking it or not yeah. because uh, it's working, and he was anti all of that stuff. And so it was interesting to talk to him about it, and he's like, oh yeah, I use it all the time, just put it on my shoulder and I'm good to go. So yeah, there's just a lot of different things that work are working on these days, whether it is CBD or the different um, technological advances. Yeah. So hopefully, definitely sooner than later there's some kind of progress made
1: yeah because of the pro- point where the pain was that bad i'd probably consider trying it yeah i'm not opposed to it I, i've never been offended by it or anything so
0: well so much has changed in that industry you know or i should say the For a lot of people, they look at it differently than they did, and part of it's probably legalization, which the CBD isn't even the drug part of it anyway. But I think over time, people's perception is changing, and they're realizing how many good things can actually come from CBD, and even some of the hemp stuff they're doing these days is phenomenal, what they're (laughs) using it for. It's crazy to think you can make concrete stronger with hemp, but they're doing (laughs) it, you know? I mean, who would have thought, right? Yeah. But, yeah, well... It'll be interesting for sure to watch and see how it goes. And like I said, hopefully they come up with something sooner than later. But um Yeah, it's just it's interesting. It's just such an interesting uh disease. They consider it considered a disease. It's a, disease, a okay. disease. Um because you know someone else, uh, Vern that had it, right? Mm-hmm. She had it. And uh it's just interesting to see how somebody could be fine and then all of a sudden they start tremoring a little bit and you don't know where it comes from yeah. or
1: i've met a couple of people uh people that were customers of mine when i was working that that had it and their symptoms were completely different than mine i had one customer that I knew pretty well he had it and he had to learn to write with his left hand because he could no longer write at all with his right hand so he had to learn to write with his left hand all over again and i have a little bit of that but not not much i can still write my name i can still write hmm my writing never was good, so it's kind of hard to tell what it was—the post, pre Parkinson's, or what's the after it. So
0: yeah, that's the positive of having bad handwriting: that if anything like that does happen, you can just blame it on the bad handwriting. Yeah. You know, and I've been one of those people. I, I my handwriting, not good at all. So I was gonna ask you something else, and it just escaped me.
1: But the key to it, for most of it, keep going is to keep moving, keep exercising, stretching. Yeah. Yoga and stuff like that. And I'm doing basic yoga, which keeps me a little bit limber. But Mixing with the arthritis. Sometimes I don't know if it's Parkinson's or if it's arthritis. So you got to kind of, the, the thing for both of them is to keep moving.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because the minute you sit down, and especially now that, oh, that's what I was going to tell you is, or ask you is uh, what it's like to be retired.
1: Still hasn't sunk in. No? I still feel like on a Sunday night, I got to go to work on Monday.
0: The good news is you don't have yeah, to. Yeah,
1: don't have to. Not as much, much money's coming in the coffer each week. But right. Right. We're working on that.
0: But, I mean, what's it? What did you, I guess, what did you think it would be like? And is well, it anything like that at all? Or? Well,
1: it is sort of there are things, a lot of things I thought I would get more done. But for one reason or another, either laziness on some part, because I didn't feel like going outside in 100 degree heat to mow the lawn. Yeah. Or. Because you, you guys know, live in Corning now, yeah.
0: outside of Corning, and it's hot there in the summertime. Yeah. So. You don't always want to be outside,
1: so, so it's easy to make an excuse. Well, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. Well, tomorrow it's going to be even hotter, so I'll do it the next day and stuff. So it's been kind of a problem getting motivated, to get up and do things. So, but we're, we're we're working on that and getting back into the swing of things. So, as as far as what I was expecting, I was expecting to be more active, doing the yard work, fixing up the garden, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, the one thing that we've done that I didn't think was we, we were going to do as much of. Go to the year well up here to see you guys and fishing with my son Josh and more family things. Yeah, We've, that's been a blessing.
0: Well, because like today it's Tuesday and you guys were able to drive up here and just take off. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about going to work, so you can come up here. And uh, I mean, it'd be easier if you just move up here, then you wouldn't have to drive up anymore. You just you're just here.
1: We're working on that, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we're working on it. What do you like about Southern
0: Oregon? I mean, you've spent plenty of time up here.
1: It's pretty. You're in the, you're in the mountains, or you know, all around here. It's, so you, you got kind of a mountain life feeling to a little bit. But you're ne- You're near all the big stores and movie places and concerts and you know, all that stuff. So and people up here seem to be real friendly and nice. At least ones that I've met.
0: What are you saying? The Californians aren't friendly and nice?
1: No, I'm not saying that. But <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. it's it's true to a
0: point i mean what do you think about all the changes happening in california people are moving out i mean you just mentioned moving up here and that's one of the reasons we're thinking about moving moving out of california record numbers
1: yeah we were talking to somebody who was from idaho or somebody was talking that i knew was talking to him and they're saying that the people are leaving from california going to idaho they don't want them there because they're leaving their problems in california and bringing them with them oh yeah because they get there they want to change what what the town's like in idaho the politics is just falling with them.
0: Yeah. It's true. I talked to someone in Idaho who said the same exact thing when I was there for the Garth Brooks concert. And they're saying that there's hundreds of people moving in every single day. But I guess that's for them to figure out. I will say that if I had to move and my job didn't work out here, that I could easily move to Idaho. It's nice there.
1: Yeah. I've been back there on tour with Petco and Idaho, Montana. All, all It's just beautiful back there. Yeah. Oh, well, what
0: else should we talk about before we go back inside and let the ladies go shopping?
1: I don't know. They covered quite a bit of my life. We
0: can cover more if you want to. Sure. I don't know what else there is to cover, though. <laughs> ah. Let's see here. I don't know that I have the most comfortable chairs in here not yeah, bad yours isn't no maybe huh? i just sit funny
1: <laughs> they rock a little bit and they get nice and comfy. yeah
0: that's true i mean it's a pretty basic setup in here i have a card table i have some patio furniture that i stole off the back porch that would probably be blowing away right now if it was on the back porch but uh uh anyway uh so what other interesting life experiences have you had that you want to share with anyone that are just interesting or otherwise
1: life experiences uh So I think I covered most of them. I mean, there's nothing earth shattering. Well, one thing that stands out that is amazing or like a life threatening thing that I survived or,
0: or something interesting that you got to do that people might not know or just anything.
1: I was was a pretty dull guy all my life. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is fine too. That's sometimes that's a good thing. We
1: had some good times and stuff, but, uh, the one, um, I'm trying to think of what her name was. Uh, uh, we were in Hawaii, a friend of mine and I and uh, my roommate and her, her husband, or her boyfriend. And we met um, the Gucci gal, uh, Gucci Gucci. Um, she was big, very popular back in the 70s and 80s. And yeah, I can't think of her name right now, but it'll come to me in a little bit. But we were going to her restaurant on, on Kauai. And we were in line, and she came in and was talking to people in line. And she stopped and talked to us Well, my Mary, my roommate. Started talking to her like they were best for the long lost cousins. So we didn't think they talked for about 15 minutes, and people said, Come on, we gotta move on. So we went in, sat down, we we're eating, you know, thinking about it. She came over and sat down at her table for half an hour, visiting with us like we'd known her all of her life. And I have a picture of her with, with my friend Chuck. She's in the middle, and it's like two drunken idiots, just eyeballs <laughs> glaring out. <laughs> That's a good one
0: oh that's awesome Hawaii that's a place I want to go someday but man it's so expensive to go there
1: yeah it's beautiful though is it yeah we were walking around we saw in a little town I don't know what town it was it was on the island of Kauai um Demi Moore and Bruce Willis were walking down the street and Mary my roommate wanted to let's go get an autograph I was like no leave them alone they're not here to sign autographs yeah no vacation
0: yeah if you're in Hawaii you just want to be left alone right Get a cold drink and sit on the beach and relax. Exactly. All right. Well, that's a good one. Let's wrap it up there because I know the ladies I think want to get the kids in bed and go shopping. But uh thanks for coming out here. And uh I've had a great time uh with you over the past how many years has it been, Pops? Fourteen, 14 and 15. Some change. We've been married thirty almost fourteen, fourteen next year. So yeah, we've got to do a lot of projects. You've helped us a ton. I really appreciate it and uh we've had a lot of fun times too so a lot more to come absolutely so i appreciate you always helping us out and uh coming out here and hanging out on the garage talk podcast my pleasure did you ever think you'd be on a podcast
1: never thought it would be at all neither did i <laughs>
0: <laughs> and here we are episode 11 you can find them wherever you get your podcast: apple uh, android i'm trying to remember now and it was only a cooler's light too a stitcher tune in spotify garagetalkpodcast.com the facebook page garage talk with jason allen and the website did i just hit that oh yeah garagetalkpodcast.com and on instagram check it out subscribe rate the podcast and another episode coming soon thanks for checking it out and we'll be back in the garage coming up soon